Did y'all know that real human people eat mushrooms? Those weird little fuckers that grow out of the poop or something. Damn. And y'all thought I was nasty. And here you are just eating dirt fungus like it's going out of style. I'll take a pot of day-old warm cream any day over mud-fucking mushrooms. Speaking of fucking, y'all are listening to the radio show that fucks the most. 694.2 PTBP. And I am your most fuckingest host, Wolf the Dog. I'm excited to announce a new project for our citizens of contention. We want to write a Delta Green scenario as a community. Over the next few months, we'll be having prompted writing contests to find the best meaty chunks y'all can muster. We'll use each round's winner to inform the next prompt until we have enough juicy morsels to make ourselves a narrative feast. To get in on this tub of greasy love, head on down to reddit.com r slash pretending to be people. Show us what you've got and vote for your favorites to help us choose the winners. Is 89 episodes a long time? Are we friends now? Would a friend throw a wolf a fucking bone and slap those follow buttons on Twitter and the Instagrams? Would a friend take it a step further and spend a minute typing up a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? If you do, I might read it on air like I'm about to read this review from Hello Under Dash Cerise, entitled Best Wolf Ever. They write, Listen y'all, this here actual play role-playing podcast is really creative and might just spoil you for any others. If you don't know what Delta Green is, you're in for a treat. Imagine X-Files meets Lovecraft meets Night Vale, except the agents are pretty terrible at their jobs. But actually, really, the best part is Wolf the Dog as the intro DJ and the very many large, numerous amounts of new music tracks he plays every week. Hell yeah, baby. Finally some recognition for all the damn hard work I do, especially when it comes to seeking new music out. I don't know what all those things you listed are, but I assume that they meant that you think that this weird podcast is... good? I wouldn't fucking know. Never listened to a second of it personally. This was one of 234 tasty reviews. And when we hit 311 on Apple Podcasts, I'll tell you what. Every person who has typed up a sweet treat of a review will be entered in a drawing to win a pretended to be people t-shirt. That's right, folks. The merch is real. It's just that you have to win a drawing to get your mitts on these shits. Until my producer figures out how the fuck the internet works, same, honestly, then it'll be for sale. And remember, most of those 234 reviews weren't written, they just hit the fifth star, which still makes Wolfie smile, but you must write a review to be entered into the contest. Also, that makes each of your chances of winning one of these sick teas that much greater. So get in on it while the getting's good. Do y'all remember my dog Wolf, the dog? Today, I found him sitting at a little desk with a microphone and sunglasses on. It looked like he had some kind of broadcasting kit. What the fuck? Where the fuck did he get sunglasses from? Time for the most stable part of this here reality, it is the news. Last time, John Lee Kevin Moore III let slip to Anne Love that he is not, in fact, her former partner from KSL, but rather he is, in fact, one of the vectors KSL was tasked with destroying, and then put an impossibly clean blade into John's head, and with a chant continued to move it deeper into this cranium down into his throat before eventually ending his life for a sweet, sweet moment in the muddy, ankle-deep, fish-infested overflow of Bean's Pond. Clark did what he could, but it just seems like this Anne Love is one resilient fucker. Round and round and round she goes. Will she stop? 
Nobody knows. There's only one thing I do know, and that's that I put my trust in kudzu with no backbone. Quick behind the GM screen here at the top of episode 89. Thomas, you might find this interesting. Clark, you... Oh, nope. Your name is Joe. And, uh... <laughs> fuck. We're deep in it now. We're so deep in it. The uh, lines my notes are blurred. For the last episode say, If Anne finds out that John is ball, she will make an excuse to walk away to chant over her blade, make them roll alertness to hear that before attacking John. <laughs> yeah, see, we're totally railroaded. <laughs> I think something in my mind was just like, you know what? He's probably just going to fucking tell her. <laughs> and then instead of having to make an excuse to go away, you guys were like, hey, can we have a minute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Will you walk away and chant over your blade real fast? We gotta talk. <laughs> Take all the time you need. <laughs> that was a really good and love impression. I, I gotta admit, both Clark and Joe were surprised that Kevin did tell her about Ball. That that popped out of nowhere. <laughs> well, yeah, it did. That's because I completely forgot that we weren't telling her who i was <laughs> that you were john right right yeah right. <laughs> too many secrets would, and lies man <laughs> <laughs> oh actually that's what uh season two no secrets no lies <laughs> no repercussions no, no re- secrets yeah. no lies <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll still fuck it up don't worry yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you guys were just truthful with everyone right off the bat, you wouldn't have to keep track of all your lies. It's more or less what I was attempting there. <laughs> just, just a little after radical honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get this off my chest. <laughs> well, she sure knew a lot about ball. <laughs> you know that thing me and my you, you and my dad were sent to contention to take care of I'm one of them <laughs> the, let's see the note in the green box said they got 9 of 12 so I guess that's 10, 10 of 12 now what the fuck what the fuck I don't remember the note I gotta find a note that was like episode 5 or 6 I mean <laughs> <laughs> holy shit yeah it was like over a year and a half ago and that's just in release time, not <laughs> yeah, right. when we actually played. It's funny here. I'm sure this is a page from like back when we first started of what my notes look like. Uh-huh. Very detailed. Very detailed. So detailed. So many words on the page. This was last session. And the, I don't, is it that <laughs> that was the entire session was this bottom, bottom like quarter of a page and then uh-huh. two sentences at the top of the next. <laughs> That's fair. You, as you've lost sanity, you've also lost exactly. all motivation to keep track of the events of this game. Here, here was a, here was a good day. Uh, at some point, I just wrote like four notes on a page and then went to the next page for the next session. <laughs> here's here's me getting theomania. Uh, believe uh-huh. you are a god. Yep. Is that the last <laughs> note you took? Oh, nope. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yes. Lots of good that doodles. Righteous. All right, that's righteous. That was my God phase. Then it's back to normal notes. <laughs> uh, my notes for last episode have a ton of stuff. Uh, we didn't do any of it. <laughs> except for that one. To chant over her blade before attacking John. I found... <laughs> I found what we had written down, what I wrote down for what was found in the storage lockers. And I wrote like bricks of cocaine, a burlap sack, 
lots of cash, and then it just says lots of great shit, <laughs> <laughs> and then it skips down. It says uh, three notes on a table. I don't describe those notes. <laughs> three notes on a table? If you had asked me if there were three notes on a table in that fucking green box, I'd be like, no, there weren't just three notes sitting on a table that we didn't like. Do you want me to tell you what they were? Yeah. I wrote I wrote three notes on a table, including newspaper clipping about Cole's orphanage, which we has recently been brought up, which is kind of cool that I just read that. Well, it keeps good. Yeah, I mean, they did a shitty job of erasing it from history because everybody's fucking talking about it. <laughs> uh, let's see. One is a note that says, the cabin is in the woods, Stark West, from the end of the trail, about 2.5 miles, signed... K. Okay, so we investigated that. Uh, but then it also says, we took care of nine of them as well as the leader. That's the one I didn't remember just now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember it phrased like that. Didn't think they were talking about ball babies. Uh, yeah, there's another one that says, the work is difficult in particular, but I've had 12 successes. Life isn't as complex as they believe. They are quite simple. It will be their downfall. And then finally, the newspaper ad from 25 years ago uh, for Cole's Orphanage, New School Under Modern Etiquette. Which we did end up asking somebody about, and they did tell us about it a little bit. We've talked about Cole's a number of times with people. Uh-huh. Cole's Orphanage is the orphanage that John Lee Pettymore came from. It also was, I believe you asked Drew to look up information on it, and he couldn't find any information. Right. However, Randy Angst... The first time you talked to him had a distinct memory of an orphanage existing under that name. And then did we learn, we learned more about it in the woods arc, right? Certainly out of character. That was uh, a big part of the Ken Krinkelhoff story. Yup, yup, yup. Yup, yup. Ken might be chilling in a door somewhere, even to this day. I believe uh, I believe that door, along with the rest of the cabin, was set on fire. Oh, that's right. Yep. Poor Never door mind. boy. Poor door boy. Crinklehoff <laughs> <laughs> door boy. Well, do you guys want to get into this? Yeah, let's hit it. John Lee Pettymore the oh, third hey, body is like. Oh, okay. That seems about right. Sorry. <laughs> I think Thomas might be calling me. I'm on Do Not Disturb right now. So I'll have to look at my phone to see if he's actually calling me. No, he's calling He's calling Luke. For sure he's calling Luke. Luke didn't pick up because he's too Joe, busy playing. Do you have your phone set on Do Not Disturb? Oh, me? oh no, I don't. <laughs> it should be ringable. Now it's ringing. H- hello. Hey, uh, follow me. <laughs> Off mic. Oh, they're just walking oh, away right, from the gotcha. microphones. They could just turn off their microphones, but they've decided to take their headphones off and walk away from their cameras. Oh, I can hear them, actually. Oh, I can absolutely hear what they're talking about. Thomas is so fucking loud. It's crazy. He just asked Joe. He just told Joe that he has 15 luck and that he can spend 10 to have a vision. And he asked Joe what would be the most... Prudent information to learn. Go lie down now there now. Now they're back. I was narrating the phone call for our listeners because you left your microphones on. <laughs> and Thomas is really loud, so I could hear his side of the conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, look, it's really plain and audacity. <laughs> shit it's like yeah it's totally all there (laughs) fuck all right Uh, well now I'm actually gonna leave the room for a second so you guys can just talk to each other on mic if you wanna do that nice try He made a big show of pulling out his earphones, but we know he's been on speaker this whole time. The earphones aren't what's plugged in. It's his AirPods. <laughs> Those are just decoy earphones. <laughs> Did you guys have a good conversation? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Wouldn't you like to know? Why don't you just check the track and find out? We should have said, like, fuck you, Zach, or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be really funny. I like listening to the conversations you guys have 
when I've left because typically in the middle of the episode, you forget that I'm going to listen back to him. <laughs> so when you guys just keep talking about like how much you love me and appreciate that I'm doing this, it's like jokes on you. We're just trying to uh, get you to treat our characters well. <laughs> we know you're well, listening. Speaking of which, We're just trying to <laughs> earn favor. <laughs> John Lee Pettymore the third's body is in a fucking waterbed grave and Clark is standing behind it and you can see the hilt of this uh, this blade sticking up out of the water uh, <laughs> above the head and and right ahead of that is Anne Love whose whose wry smile is just sitting as it always seems to be underneath a single eye You've seen the other eye in action when her hair gets tousled about. Like, she has two eyes. We're not worried about that, but... (laughs) I wasn't until now. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you... (laughs) You're being really suspicious. We're not worried about that. (laughs) About how many eyes this person has. (laughs) She's a Cyclops. Is it more or less than two? <laughs> Ooh, there's the question for anyone with bangs, honestly. Spider Ann. Don't trust Spider Ann has as many <laughs> eyes as a spider does. <laughs> it literally would have rhymed. <laughs> How many eyes do spiders have? Luke, look that up. All right, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys are. <laughs> He's having his own fun. Yeah, but I miss him. Oh, me too. I mean, I get to spend time with him, but (laughs) I still miss him and his terrible, terrible internet. Are you dating him? Are you dating Luke? Are you dating Luke, dude? Don't tell my ex-girlfriend. Are you dating? (laughs) That's not our joke. Oh, fuck. I always forget that that's like the stapled... ah. (laughs) <laughs> Good joke, Scott Ackerman. I All know. right, so okay, nice deflection, but for real, dude, are you dating Luke? <laughs> We're not supposed to tell anyone about it. <sighs> I fucking knew that something like this would tear the podcast apart. <laughs> you get the five of us together, and eventually, somebody's not going to be able to keep it in their pants. Yeah, and I'm surprised. I'm surprised at you, Zach. Luke, really? I, Luke, I expected. <laughs> Joe, sure. Justin, of course. But you? Taylor said she'll only let me keep doing it if she takes Luke's spot and plays Keith Vigna the rest of the time. Okay, cool. I don't know a chick. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know any? <laughs> I'd like to spend 10 luck to have a vision. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Crazy, Thomas! You can spend ten luck to get a vision. That's Fuck yeah, nuts. dude! How mm-hmm, much luck do you mm-hmm. have? Well, I have fifteen because I spent ten of my twenty-five to avoid major damage. Hell yeah! And I'm still hanging on with one hit point here. You see, you see one like weak finger rise up from the pavement from a shattered body. It's all he can muster, but you see life in John Lee Pettymore as he as he urges you to wait a minute as he has this vision. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that seems perfect. Joe, take off your headphones, I suppose, cool. unless you already know what the question he's going to ask is. <laughs> I, I don't 100%. I'll, I'll play it like that. Take him off. Yeah, yeah. All right, Thomas. Where's the book? Your entire face is underwater, and typically your eyes would roll back into your head during one of these. But as you lift a finger and begin finding yourself in ball, you seem to have the ability to reach out into the collective unconsciousness of the entire universe to pick out certain memories that exist from people throughout different times. And you see Gary Daly ushering Eunice and Jerry Bishop into the back of the Daly Fa. And you see him passing this book to the bishops. The book is covered in uncured leather with some hairs, maybe some acne. It's 
there's some stretch marks on the binding of this book and he hands it to him and then and then reality begins to kind of fade up and and blink and turn like you're like you're turning channels on a television and then you're inside the bishop home and you see Eunice and Jerry they're talking about this book that they have just sitting on their kitchen table and they're sitting on either side discussing options seemingly and a young Clark Bishop walks into the room and quickly Jerry gets up and is like, oh, no, 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 and sits him in front of the TV where Wheel of Fortune is on. Memories kind of fade. Reality blinks out again. And you see Eunice and Jerry at the television. It's in this entertainment center. They move the television out of the way and there's a false bottom of this entertainment center and there's a safe with an alphabetical keypad entry and you're just watching them open it up what code did they punch in i'm not going to give you the code you asked where the book is not how to get it i'll fight you for it (laughs) all right come over here (laughs) i could use some human touch that's not luke's i mean my wife's and you're luke's (laughs) And you see them punching a code, but the camera is just on their faces as they're typing it in. Oh, great. Listen, Zach, I've seen enough below deck to know how this is going to go with Luke. So (laughs) you just need to end it now to keep things professional. Otherwise, we're going to tear this whole organization apart with sex and recriminations. This thing was doomed the second you put two feisty, hot 20-somethings in it like me and Luke, baby. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when we started, Joe, Justin, and I were hot 20-somethings as well. (laughs) Of course, this was years ago. (laughs) In the before times. And they placed the book in this safe in the false bottom of this entertainment center and they close the door and click lock and you see them look at each other and they embrace and then you're back under this muddy murky water right outside of Bean's Pond and the year is whatever year it is. 2000. (laughs) I'm going to bring Joe back. Hi, I'm back. Hey, Joe. Hello. Clark and Anne are just staring at each other, waiting for John to be done with his vision. (laughs) John is still weakly holding up his finger, and he starts to writhe in the water. And Don't you touch him, Anne. Don't you touch him. And Anne is looking down at him with massive eyes, just so confused. And he rolls over on his side. (laughs) John, John. I know where your book is, Anne. (laughs) That's a nice try. That's a nice try. Okay, I guess we'll persuade. Ten. How? Well, I'm something of a savior, and I have the second sight as part of part of that whole package. He's he's not lying about that, Anne. I've seen him. I've seen him see things before. I can see into moments into the past, or or rather, moments into the not now. And, uh, well, I, I saw, I saw a whole little saga of the book, but, uh... Tell me now! Well, it is, it is at, it is at Clark's parents' house, but you'll never find it without me. What do you want? Well, when we find the book, I want you to teach us the spell to help us get through that door. Okay, neither one of you are gonna be armed, and I'm gonna walk behind you with two guns. No. One on each of you. No, 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 no. Other way around, maybe. Well, well, why would I trust you? (laughs) After all this, you think I'm going to trust you? You're the one who's trading the book for your life, essentially, right now. I'm the one with a gun pointed at your head. I reload my gun. Just so you know, in this mud, you've kind of turned over. You're on your back now. You've got a massive knife going all the way down through your skull, touching your uvula, and she has a gun pointed at you. 
Mm-hmm. And you reach for your gun? Yes. Good call. <laughs> okay, no guns. We all leave them here. Why, what if we just all had guns? This is going to end in a bloodbath if you don't... Can we not? This this town is full of fanatics and freaks, and you know, you've got your magic, but I'd rather have my gun. You know, a lot of people are trying to find us and I mean, you do have a knife. (laughs) We're not joking about that yet. (laughs) Okay. It's cool that you can talk normally, though. All right, so everyone has their guns, and we'll just all be good because we both need each other to get this done, hopefully by the end of the episode. (laughs) Can you get your knife out of my head? I don't know if that's a great idea for bleeding's sake. I mean, I'd rather have my knife back, you know, but it, it doesn't seem like you'll survive, and I now need you, unfortunately. You're magic, but something tells me you probably don't know any healing. Oh, that's a good point. No, I could do that. <laughs> could you could you throw a little bit of that my way, and then you could maybe have your knife back? It's really hard. This is a very big knife, and it's hard to hold my head up with it. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of crouches down on the ground. There's just enough of the knife sticking out. There's just enough of the blade sticking out at the top to where she can wiggle her fingers in, and she begins cutting right in between two of her fingers, just enough to get blood to start coming out. And then she starts chanting, On the last one, she pulls the knife all the way up out of your head. And with a chant, the blood that comes out of her hand forms like a jackhammer tube of coagulation straight down into your throat and you can taste Anne Love's blood. Uh, Both of you roll sanity. Oh no. Fail, 48. Fail, 78 on an 8. What's your power there, my pow! Oh fuck me, dude! <laughs> uh, not it's a sixty. So I rolled over my power. Mm, we were all gonna be. This may work in our advantage. <laughs> yeah, sure. Clark's a wild card. Fucking maybe, but like we were all. This was this episode was gonna be fine. It was about to happen. It was about to happen. <laughs> Okay, uh, you're both going to lose a D4. Oh, for real? For blood magic. What? Uh, that puts a column of blood through the through the entire head. I'm at 15. Two? <laughs> I lose two, and that puts me at my breaking point. All right. That means you break, right? That means it's time for a new mania. What a time for it. What uh, a time for what it. What a time to be a fan of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I'm glad you're here with us right now. This is. We were so close. (laughs) Everything was going to be all right. So. It's time to roll, baby. Oh, fuck me. Uh, It's still time to roll, baby. (laughs) Oh, boy. Sample Mania's table from Call of Cthulhu, 7th edition, D100, three times. 94? 94 is Theomania. God damn it. The belief that he or she is a god. Hey, you get a second chance. So we meet again. (laughs) A 62? 62 is going to be a Legiromania, an uncontrollable compulsion to make loud or shrill noises. No, thank you. Uh, We don't need to roll. I'll take that one. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. And uh, the last one. 51. 51 is going to be Gymnomania. (laughs) Is that that, uh, nudity? Yes, it is indeed. It is a compulsion. With nudity. Oh, boy. Oh, I didn't want to take the belief in God thing because I was so fucking bad at it before. But I also don't want to be taking my clothes off all the time. (laughs) (laughs) 
Joe. Yeah. What an opportunity you've been given here at this stage. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I I know that right now would be a really good time for Clark to think that he's a God because we are in uh, overseer territory. Mm-hmm. I just worry that it's hard for me to play it sometimes because how does a God, how does a God decide, how does a God go somewhere else when people want to go somewhere else? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's hard sometimes. I'll play. I'll, tr- I'll try it. I'll try it. <laughs> That's all that's all that anyone's asking. <laughs> no one listens to this fucking show anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. I I, I I I once again believe that I am a god. Yes, you do. How how hard do you believe it? Also, remember that each one of these manias it strips away Clark Bishop's being. Clark is no longer who he was when he started. He's been taken over, especially with this one. Like, so much of Clark's self was dictated by his almost nonchalance. (laughs) (laughs) However, I mean, you got that big overseer dick energy, dude. Spread it around. Slap it on the table. Bring it out betwixt the robes opening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got it. You got it. But also that would be a composure with nudity. So whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I pick both. I pick both. I pick both. (laughs) Hey, how much did Anne love feel me for? Oh, let me roll. Oh, you get a D six. Five. Fuck. Yeah. So I'm at six. So the thing that sent me over the edge was seeing her uh, cut her finger with the blade in his head. So I'm going to lash out at her and try and uh, I want to wrestle the knife away from her. And I'm yelling, what the fuck is that fucking knife? Blood magic fucking shit. And I'm like rushing her now. Okie dokie. That'll be unarmed combat. I pass a 41 on a 70. She passed with a 36. Yes. She pulls the large knife up out of John Lee Pettymore's head as she finishes this incantation. And before she knows it, you're just on her and you grab the knife out of her hand, screaming about blood magic. And she just jumps back and she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> It's literally healing. It's my blood. It's healing him. It's, what the fuck is your problem? It's not, it's not, it's not right. That's not, that's not something a person should be able to do. Too fucking bad. Clark, I will say that personally at this moment, I have no objections. Are you, are you, are you, you, are you all right? Are you, you? Yeah. It was her, it was her blood that went inside of you. Yeah, I know. She gave me a, a well, a well, a much needed transfusion. Oh, I feel better. I feel better, Clark. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like any of this. This is, this is, this is, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. This isn't the way it's supposed to happen. Clark, man, none of this is the way it was supposed to happen. No, I'm pretty sure this is exactly the way it was supposed to happen. Now, we talked about guns, but I really, I would appreciate the knife back, but you seem to have a whole look in your eyes (laughs) right now. So just by the time we get to your parents' house, can we call it that still? Then I would like to have that knife back if that's possible. I'll, I'll I'll think about it, but I'm holding on to it for now. That, that was that was freaky. That was freaky shit. Does Clark have a gun? I don't technically. Can I fish oh, it out of the water? Oh, you dropped it. Yeah. Yeah, and as you pick it up out of the water, it's it's waterlogged. So you're just kind of like... All right, and Clark's going to hold on to the knife, and you're going to drop your gun here in the pond with ours. Oh, so we are going no guns? I thought we were going all guns. I've... Your, your mouth is kind of like Anne. a gun. What? She says spells and stuff to make people get hurt. Right. She, she's kind of got a built-in gun. Well, it, hurt, it helped, too. I need pills. I need I need strong pills. Do you have any of those at your house, Clark? I mean, I there's, there's a chance I got something there, but I, I, could, I could just top you up right now, right here. Here, just come here. Just come here. What? What? <laughs> he, crawls, he crawls a little bit towards you. I put my hand on his head on the wound. 
and I try to heal him. Clark tries to heal him. Okay. <laughs> John Lee Pettymore uh, starts praying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I get it. I get it. Through Christ, all things are possible. Is is there a role that I can make to... Uh, go ahead and roll a natural. <laughs> I pass. It's a 31 on a 49. Whoa, I forgot we had good unnatural scores. Uh-huh. This game is broken wide open. <laughs> uh, Joe? Yeah. Some words pop into your mind, and you know that if you can spill some blood and say these words, that you can make it happen. I've got the knife in my hand still, so I take a page out of the book that I just saw and love demonstrate for me, and I do a little cut on the side of my thumb, so it's kind of dripping a little bit, and I, I say... Damn Alta Yurit! Damn Alta Yurit! Damn Alta Yurit! And as you finish saying the last one, the blood just like flows out of your thumb and goes up into the nostrils and the mouth of John Lee Pettymore. And you see the ooze pouring from his eyes and his ears and his mouth and the blood flowing on top of the ooze into all of his orifices. Go ahead and roll a d6. It's a one. (laughs) Joe, every little bit helps. And I just want to say, you started this by losing your goddamn mind over and love, cutting yourself on that knife to heal me, and you ended it by fucking getting the courage to do that yourself. So I'm really proud of you, man. <laughs> Joe, Clark, and just Clark needs to roll sanity on this one due to your change of pace and mindset <laughs> and your shocking ability to be able to do this yourself. Uh, that's a fail. And that's going to be another D4. fuck me, dude. It's a 79. It's over my power. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Fuck! And I rolled a four! Fuck me, dude! Oh, how much do you have left? I got two, baby. Oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, Upon seeing that it fucking worked... Uh, Clark's mind like starts to fracture and he pulls the knife away and yells it's it worked it's 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 what it's what I was always meant to be it's what I was always meant to be we don't need you anymore Anne we don't need you anymore and I go right after her with the knife yes <laughs> hey Joe. Yeah. How much luck do you have? A lot. Do you need to know an exact number? No, I don't, but this just seems like a, a good opportunity if you wanted to literally spend all of your luck points to determine the outcome of this fight. <laughs> you can also just spend luck points to change a role. You could also do that. Don't let him don't let him this is you're talking to the devil right now, and he's like, "Hey, Joe, give me all your luck. You don't have to do that." I'm just There's saying a lot of things you can do in this fight with that luck. Instead of having to roll against me, who crits constantly during <laughs> combat, you could just spend all of your luck and decide exactly how you finish off and love in this moment. You do only have two sanity, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I do want to. I do kind of want to finish her off. Yeah, you know, you know where the book is. You told us you know where the book is, right? Yeah, I'm gonna try and finish her off. I'm gonna. I'm gonna spend my hefty bank of sixty five luck. Holy shit! And uh, I'm gonna call this like it, like it is. Clark rushes her with unnatural strength. <laughs> oh yes, he does. In, in a flash, is on her, and he just wants to shove. He wants to he wants to do to her what she did to John. He he wants to bring the knife down through her head. 
And that's exactly what happens. Clark rushes her with eyes akimbo, knowing what he has always been and was always meant to be, and jumps up in the air with the dagger in both hands and comes down on top of Anne Love's head, whose eyes are so wide because she's never seen anyone pick up any sort of unnatural ability, A, at all, B, that quickly, or C, without any sort of training whatsoever, and you come down and pierce the top of her skull, and as you shove the knife into the top of her head, you see one of her eyes directly starts looking into your eyes, and the other one just fills completely with blood, and the blood begins pouring down her face. She stops breathing, and you stand back, and she wobbles forward, backward, forward, and the knife still in her skull. She just falls back into the overfilled Bean's Pond and begins floating out into the middle of the mushroom-shaped pond. (laughs) Holy shit, Clark. That was awesome. We should go and get that book. Yeah, you haven't changed furniture, have you? (laughs) Uh, As a matter of fact, no. Why, Why do you ask? Woo! Okay, I'll have to. I'll, it'll make more sense when we get there. I'm not gonna tell you in case you decide to and love me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. As Clark Bishop and John Lee Pettymore the Third trudge north through the town of Contention, heading up through the warehouse district, past Subtropolis, and all of downtown. On the west side of A-plus storage, where you found the storage units G10, G11, and G12 filled with, what was the quote? Cool stuff. <laughs> Lots of awesome cool shit. things. Lots of cool <laughs> shit. <laughs> Lots of cool shit. Uh, past Julie Maxwell's I've got a really, building. really dumb story. There was a local trucking company that had this like billboard on I-44 and it had like a picture of an electric guitar and like a motorcycle and like a baseball bat and in really big letters it said cool stuff and in really small letters it said trucks bring it but it was really (laughs) hard to see the trucks bring it part so it just looked like a dope billboard for cool stuff (laughs) I remember that billboard I totally remember it That's like an intimidating thing for like a sports team called the trucks. <laughs> trucks, bring it. Trucks, bring it. Oh, the trucks is such a good name for an American the trucks sports team. Would be so good. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh my God. Your mascot could be like a dude inside a no, blow up semi. It could literally just be a dude fucking like tearing up your field in a tricked out like F-150. <laughs> they could bring out like a fake field to put on top Mm -hmm. that's how fields work right yeah for sure fake field when it rains they pull out the fake field (laughs) at baseball games i was 17 years old and i was playing ultimate frisbee at the park that's across (laughs) the street from our double a stadium here in springfield where the springfield cardinals play and it was raining And a few of us thought to ourselves, there's a game tonight, isn't there? So the tarp's probably on the field. And so we ran and we jumped the fence and we ran down the third base side and we hopped onto the field and I slip and slid from third base over the mound (laughs) towards first. And then took off running and security guards chased me for like uh like a block, but I was I was more agile back <laughs> when I was seventeen. <laughs> and it's still one of my greatest memories. That's honestly very cool. <laughs> yeah, Zach, that's a lot cooler than my story about a billboard. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but also I saw that billboard and I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> And as you pass Julie Maxwell's apartment, you look up and see a billboard that has an electric guitar <laughs> and a baseball bat. <laughs> and what else was it? It was like a convertible <laughs> and like a basketball. I remember the basketball and the electric guitar. I could see both of those pictured perfectly. <laughs> and for some reason, all this billboard says is trucks bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, yeah, we haven't talked about we haven't talked about the local rookie league baseball team outside of town, <laughs> yes, the trucks, yes. the trucks, the contention trucks. <laughs> John Weekly says trucks bring it. <laughs> He's got season tickets. <laughs> and as you're trudging through contention, you hear screams coming from the east, and you can echolocate well enough here in Contention to know that these screams are coming from the First Church of Contention as you're heading north up towards Clark Bishop's home. Does it sound like a lot of screams? It sounds like a lot of screams. Tens of screams. Is it enough, like is it loud and enough to that we would stop in our tracks for it? Like it's not something we're just catching a whiff of on the air. Off in the distance, about when you hit a plus storage, you start hearing it, and it's just. Just shit like that. I don't want you to go there. You I'm just, just letting you know to what's feel happening. bad about not going there. Just enough. Yeah. John, I, I think if we stay the course, the, the whole point of our mission here is that Overseer will come back and uh, I'll, I'll save everyone. I don't think there's anything that's going to help us by helping them now if they just are released into a world full of this goo. We, we need we need me and my's help. Yeah, I mean, I'm still pretty knife-brained, buddy, so I'm in no position to run off and save a bunch of people at this church. I think we need all the help we can get. All right, let's, let's keep heading. And those pills, did you say you had pills? You didn't have pills? <clears throat> what was the deal with that? I I I gave I I, uh, I I gave you I gave you health I healed you. Mm-hmm, the I one, gonna... okay. <laughs> if I took an if I took an aspirin or something, I genuinely forgot it was just for one. <laughs> uh, no, I healed you. I healed you. I healed you. You did good job, buddy. Thank you. So you, you let's you go. Shouldn't need let's anything go. Else. Let's go get that book. Let's go get that book. <laughs> yeah, we just keep going, Clark. You're home. How's it look? Well, as you're approaching, you do notice that the creek that runs kind of behind your house, dry, completely dry. But the home itself looks the exact same as you left it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, o- I open the door. That familiar smell just wafts right up through your nose. And it's almost unseemly because you're not the man you were who lived here. John, uh, w- welcome to my my parents' house. I, I guess it, it, it's mine, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is this is this what you need? Is this where the book? Yeah, be? I think so. No, no drugs is what we decided. There's no drugs here. Joe, go ahead and roll luck. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite joke that I've done on this podcast. <laughs> That one's just for the GM. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them got to be. Clark, not even like wine or anything. Not uh, definitely not. There, 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 there might be a beer or two in the fridge. Bring, please, bring me two, one to drink and one to um, press to my head. I do. I go go to the fridge and grab a couple beers. Okay. you need to move the TV. Just take it off. Take it off the stand. Oh, oh, okay. And I go and do that. I just, I guess, pluck it up and put it down on the ground. Is that it, John? You don't see a, a door. No, uh, nope. The TV's on the ground now. What, uh, what do we do? God damn it! Ow. Um. Okay. I don't know. Really try poking around in there. 
it's is it just a flat top with this TV stand? I, I just kind of start smacking on it. When you when you start smacking on it, it kind of like wobbles a little bit. Two corners stay put, and the other two corners kind of wobble. Oh, oh, I got something here. It's uh, it's moving. And you can remove the entire flat wood piece from underneath the television. I do so. And underneath, there's the door of a safe that has an alphanumerical keypad. I think maybe the Wheel of Fortune letters, or maybe your name or some other bullshit that meant something to your parents. I don't know. Clark is going to remember that his mother always told him uh, that uh, I was born with the best letters. (laughs) Clark always (laughs) remembers. It's only three in the morning. It's shocking you can't remember this. (laughs) He's going to put in uh, R-S-T-L-N-E. And the door unlocks. Yeah. And when it opens, you see a book inside that is made out of uncured leather. And it's got like hair on it, some pimples, maybe a rash. There's stretch marks on the spine. I found my book, John. I, I grab it and hold it up. And as soon as you grab it. Yeah, I was worried about that. <laughs> All right, you guys can stop recording. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Do I really stop recording right there? No. Oh, shit. Okay. Your eyes go blank. And suddenly you're standing in the abandoned water park Splashylvania. You're looking up at the two-fanged plunge. Julie Maxwell fires a bullet that tears through the body of Leo Piston. You raise your firearm and immediately put lead in the crazed Julie Maxwell's forehead. The two bodies begin slumping down the twin slides, leaving a trail of blood behind. You blink. You're standing in the suburbs, in the middle of the street in front of Dr. Marie Jacobs' house, You see James the millworker floating off the ground. Aiden and Alice Little are bravely holding a vacuum to this hovering man's feet. But from out of the vacuum bag erupts an oily black ooze that immediately encompasses the twin children. And you can see them fighting violently inside the muck that envelops them. When you look over at John, you see the same viscous sludge is dripping from every hole in his face you blink you're staring at a gaunt young boy the two of you are hanging in a cage above a deprived and debaucherous crowd the cage is shocking you burning your skin as the ceiling of this juice box lowers slowly you don't want to do it you don't want to push him back in but either one of you dies or you both die You push the boy's body back into the plexiglass room just in time for the roof to come down, squeezing the boy pulp onto the ravenous audience below you blink. You're all over the CSU campus. This one's a rapid fire montage, murder after murder after murder, finishing off with your own, your own, your self-ending screwdriver plunge. You blink. You're standing outside of Bean's Pond an ankle-deep, muddy overflow, and you know what you are capable of. You know what you are, and you scream as you jump and bury the knife in your hands down through the skull of Anne Love, the woman who murdered your parents. You blink. You're back, standing in your parents' living room. You look down. And your hands are covered in blood. And the blood begins moving, collecting between the covers of this book made from human skin. And the blood begins forming pages, each page a result of your actions. Roll sanity. (laughs) It's going to be a 1 slash 1d6 plus 1. Don't pass. 31 on a 2. Hmm. Roll a D6. (laughs) Real quick, Joe. Did you hear how Zach just like rattled off all the Bishop murders? Total like basic true crime bitch. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I forgot to tell Thomas to take his headphones off. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, it was like it seems like I shouldn't be hearing this, but I'm glad I did. It was a trip down memory lane. <laughs> I rolled a one. I swear to God, it's a oneer. So I, I cling. I, isn't there like a thing though? Isn't what? It, isn't it if you're at one, it's still not good? Well, no, it's just that the sand loss for that was a D6 plus one. <laughs> okay. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, yeah, so Clark is a, Clark is, uh, his, uh, his, his, he's not, he's not there. His sanity is gone. One of the pages flits open, and these pages that have been created by the blood rushing from your hands form letters, and you see these two words just repeated over and over and over, and in the middle is this picture of this hooded figure with this light that is just beaming from its face. However, in this one, you can very clearly see your own face, the face of a young Clark Bishop, and you feel compelled to begin chanting. Knuckles Amen, Knuckles Amen, Knuckles Amen, Knuckles Amen. You see a flash of light. And Clark Bishop is no longer standing in front of his entertainment center in his living room of his parents' home. Holy shit. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Zach. Uh, What does John Lee Pettymore want to do? What does he see? (laughs) Clark is just gone? Yep. Is the book gone too? Yep. Does the TV turn on? Yep. John presses play on the VCR, lies down on the couch, and lets himself watch Wheel of Fortune for 20 minutes. Clark, you're standing in a dark alleyway. Yeah. Yeah. And walking toward you. Is it uh, Jim Cook? It's Jim Cook. Do I have any agency over this? <laughs> Do you want agency? I mean, I know what happens. Clark remembers. And immediately, in the shadows, you just pounce on him, throw him to the ground. And with both of your hands wrapped around his neck, he begins struggling. They didn't have to die. They didn't have to die. You couldn't find it. They didn't have to die. In your grasp, in the grip of both of your hands wrapped around Jim Cook's throat. You feel his life extinguish. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh no. Oh my God. What's up, every? What's up, everybody? It's Zach. I'm Zach. Uh, I'm just gonna slide in here real quick at the end of this episode to drop some pretty big news. So Taylor and I are moving to South Korea on Thursday. It's been our dream for years to teach English in Korea, and we're so absolutely stoked. This longtime plan is finally coming to fruition. I know. I know you're super excited for us and not at all wondering what is happening with the show. Well, that's just super supportive of you. Thank you so much. Uh, But if you are wondering, I have some answers for you. So first off, we've already recorded the next full arc of season one, and we've started recording the final arc that follows. This campaign has enveloped my life like a squamous, viscous ooze, and I'm not going to compromise its quality just because I'm moving halfway around the world. We've had a fair amount of practice recording over Zoom at this point, so I'm not worried about anything except that I'll have to wake up early to record now. All NPC voices will soon become much deeper. 
Uh, next week, we'll be releasing a bonus episode from our Patreon vault to try to coax some of you into giving us money during a full-blown economic crisis because we're fucking ruthless. And the Friday after that, on August 14th, the penultimate arc of season one of Pretending to Be People begins. I'm so gosh darn jazzed for y'all to hear it, and I'm so pumped to play through the end of this campaign. Ah! Uh, Last thing, fear not. The end of season one will not be the end of Pretending to Be People. I have delicious, insidious plans for the future. Seriously, thank you all so much for listening. We have such a blast making this show and we're so stoked y'all enjoy it